Boom. All right. Yeah. Um, welcome to Tridia. Let's talk about, I think, the world and just some general Session Zero expectations like we always do. Some of you have probably heard this spiel from me many times. Um, yeah, but let me let me go through my little checklist here. So we're playing a campaign in a small country called Tridia that is a desert, mostly desert-like country on the coast. It's a kingdom. That means there's a king. He's actually a prince, um, a young prince. And uh, things on the coast of this country are fairly interconnected. The dotted orange lines on the map, are you guys on the map with me? Yeah. <clears throat> the dotted orange lines on the map are roads. And the one that like follows the coastline, that is the, the king's road, like the big trade road. And that is the safest road in the country. It's still not super safe, but it's safer because it's, it's well-traveled. The other roads are there, mostly for trade purposes, but they are not nearly as well-traveled, partly because they go through some harsh environments like the desert and also some really rough areas where there's monsters and bandits and blah-de-blah. So the world is somewhat dangerous and disconnected. There are monsters. Um, those of you that have played in this world before will remember that crows could talk, speak human languages, and were used as, like, mail slash messengers. Well, since you've last played, things have happened in the world where the curse on all crows was broken. And crows are just dumb birds, once again. So, oh, no. essentially, the long-term communication system has broken down. Um, meaning messengers and runners have become a lot more common again, but that's dangerous, once again, as I mentioned, because things are far apart and dangerous wilderness and not well-traveled. It makes communication between places significantly less common. Um, a couple other things to know about the world. There are ley lines. Um, wizards and scholars have figured out there are these invisible lines that crisscross the world. They're not everywhere, and there's very few in Tridia. The three, like, thin red lines uh, emanating from here are the only ley lines really in Tridia. There's actually another one that's not on the map. I'll draw it in a minute, but it's not an important one. The big thing about ley lines, though, is wizards have discovered they can build these portals on these lines, and you can travel the lines through teleportation. So the endless staircase down here, everybody see where I'm pinging? Mm -hmm. Leads to a giant portal on top of a, like a huge mesa or butte. And you can go through the portal and get transported to not very many places, um, basically to Sarkan here. And also to an island out here, Laguna Argenta. To the south, it goes to nowhere. There's no city down there to receive you. But you can also drop out of the line anywhere. You don't have to go to another portal. You can portal from a portal to anywhere along this line. So that is like the one form of long-form communication they have. And and also like long-form travel. Otherwise, travel is dangerous. And the world's somewhat disconnected. Uh, I think that's a good little overview of Tridia. We don't really have a, a ton more fleshed out. Oh, the one I know, the one other thing about Tridia 
is because the royalty is very, very rich here, there is a pretty large kind of nobility, noble class. And there's also a stratification, a caste system, which you can see here on the right side of this handout. Going from high to low, there's highborn, royals, nobles. They're the highest uh, in the caste system, of course. Then there are what they call goldborn. There are some merchants that are so rich, they are basically considered lords. They have their own class of lordship just below being a noble. They call them merchant lords or goldborn. Um, priests and mages, because they have the ability to do magics and so forth, are also quite powerful. They're useful to both the goldborn and the highborn, so that's the third highest caste. And then there's your peasants, your lowborns. Um, also, smaller, less popular religions, you know, they fall in, under that too. Um, and then there are the forgotten, or like the, the outcasts. Lepers, leprosy is big here. There's lots of exiles. There are people who are scavengers. There's a whole group of people called junk traders. They are essentially... Hobos and scavengers, they're known for hauling insane amounts of junk piled really high on carts, but they do, they're good at, you know, repairing things and repurposing things and sometimes have useful stuff for sale. There's other kind of lore stuff we could get into, but we don't, we don't need to too much today. But that brings us to talking about what our campaign is going to be like and about the tone and the palette. I'm going to show you guys a handout. Let me know if that popped up, the session zero handout pop up for everybody. Yep. Yes. Okay. One second here. I, uh, sorry, one, one moment, y'all. I gotta just realize my OBS is not recording the music. Not that it matters that much, but I do want to get it going. That's interesting. Why is that not working? Oh, I see. I'm not going to fuck with it too much. I can't get it to work. And it really only matters for the recording afterward. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about Tone and Palette. Now that everybody can see this, this your handout. Um, I do these, I call them sliders, because they go from left to right. Scale of 10, 5 to the left. Neutral in the middle, 5 to the right. You see the gritty, serious, heavy sliders on the handout. Yep. You. Yeah. So I have circled how I like to run the campaign. This may not be the same for everyone. And it's not a solid, you know, it slides back and forth on the slider, depending on what's happening. But I, as you all know, run a fairly gritty campaign as opposed to romantic. Not romantic like love, but romantic as in like 
fluffy, happy. Um, pulpy is another word that sometimes is opposite of gritty. I like it to be somewhat realistic and a little dark. Um, that brings us to the serious goofy slider. This is a big one. Um, I mark a two on there. I like a pretty serious campaign. I'm personally more like a four, but like it balances out to a two. I like a really serious campaign. That's not to say you can't have fun or make jokes, but it does say, it does mean to say, uh, respect the immersion. You know, I think immersive versus goofy is another way to put it. So don't go too heavy handed on your pop culture references. Try and stay in the world a little bit, you know, and then heavy versus light. I tend to tread some heavy themes which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think you all know that, uh, but I just wanted to outline it now. Everybody feel pretty good about that, even if you don't fall exactly on the same places on the scales as me. Mm-hmm. I feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wonderful. On that note, let's talk about our palette. Palette is just like the themes, things that are in the game. Sword and sorcery, which can mean a lot of things. Weird fantasy. Grim dark, I think is a good way to describe it. Low magic. So a big thing about this place is humans are by far the most prevalent peoples. Those of you that know about the lore know that we don't have traditional elves. Oh, Scott, you're doing the... You're popping in and out again for me. Oh, wait, wait. What's that? I'll just mute. Um, yeah, humans are the most common. Elves are not like your fantasy elves in this. Elves are a group of humans who are tribal and cannibalistic. They eat other people not from their tribe. <clears throat> they tattoo themselves, and mostly... The darkest part about our elves is they mutilate themselves. They are elves because they cut their ears into points. They cut their noses off in like a skull-like fashion, like the tips of their noses. They're pretty fucked up. They sharpen their teeth. Very scary. You may run into what's called a half-elf, which is like someone maybe who left the elven community. But elves generally, they're called elves because they worship a, a, a god called Elu or elf. Um... And same thing with orcs. Orcs are like a mountain version of that same thing. Elves usually live by rivers and in caves. Orcs live in mountains and sometimes are bigger. But they worship kind of a, a different version of the same god. That's just one instance of how we're low magic, right? There's not so many fantastical races. It's mostly about humans. That kind of harkens back to sword and sorcery as well. There are dwarves, like your pretty standard fantasy dwarves, but they're very rare. And they don't mix with humans a lot. And then gritty realism, that plays into the kind of D&D &D we're playing, the, the old school D&D. &D. Like I was saying earlier, it's, it's about tracking resources. I saw someone saying if you were to describe it as a video game, it would be uh, like a horror survival kind of game where like you're running out of bullets all the time and shit is coming for you and you have to be careful. That's a big thing. So on that note, we should talk about old school gaming compared to other role-playing games in 5th edition D&D, and even, like, Worlds Without Number, this is super deadly. Your character may die. Combat is usually a fail state. Uh, if you've gotten into a combat, it's, it's scary, and it's a bad idea, generally. <clears throat> Unless you have given yourself some sort of advantage through planning, 
you've snuck in, gotten a surprise on your enemy, or you're using some sort of something else to your advantage, or you just happen to be a lot stronger than the thing you're fighting, combat can be a very risky thing. So it's okay to run. I think that's something that's important. It's also okay to look for other solutions that aren't combat. Now that's to say you should not to say you shouldn't fight. There are times when you'll have to fight and you should fight, which is something to keep in mind. I got a bunch of media touchstones. This is more for like sword and sorcery. Very Conan inspired. I think very Game of Thrones inspired. I like a political intrigue heavy campaign. No one's really good or bad. Everyone's morally gray. Um, your characters, of course, can be whatever you want. And then there's Willow, too. I love the way the magic is in Willow. Magic's not reliable. It's mm -hmm. kind of spooky. People a lot of times look down on it, unless you're very highly trained. And in that case, you probably are not rubbing elbows with common folk. There's a good chance you are in the pocket of some lord, because you're useful. And then campaign focus, role play. We like to tell a story. Collaboration. I'm big on that. That's why we're going to do a little world building together in a second. Storytelling. I think that's our biggest thing here, storytelling. And for me, it's play to find out. I'm not trying to make you guys be squeezed through a novel I wrote. Most of you know that as well. I know almost as little as you know. I'm trying to come up with it in the moment or right before the session or based on what happened last session. And you guys should too. Everything sound good so far? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, so now let's talk about safety tools. And these almost never come into play because we're all close friends. We're all pretty on the same page about what should and shouldn't be included. But there's some things that should just be said. I like this lines and veils metaphor. Someone else came up with this. I don't know who did. But this kind of is what we won't talk about, uh, what we will talk about, and what will fade to black on, but will still exist in the world. And you guys can read them all. But on the table, we should definitely talk about graphic violence. I like it violent. There is sometimes light violence against women and children, specifically children oftentimes. So I'm sorry for that. Uh, slavery is a heavy theme in this world. Um, abduction and human trafficking, narcotics, fantasy racism, lots of cuss words. Um, if this is like a veil, any of that stuff is a veil or a line for you, you can message me later and we'll move it. Message me privately. Veils. This is stuff that exists and may even come up, but we won't specifically focus on the details. Sex. There's no place for it, really, in role-playing. No one's going to role-play any sex scenes together. Not here. But it can happen in the world and we'll fade to black. That's fine. Prostitution, same thing. Graphic violence against women and children may happen, but we won't describe it so graphically. Uh, we'll fade to black on that. Lines, things that we will never talk about or explicitly say. Rape, again, no place really in the game for it. We don't need it to tell a good story. Same with sexual violence. IRL racial slurs, I don't think I have to tell anybody that here. Or IRL homophobic slurs. Keep in mind, a lot of this shit is for like expectation setting for people I've never played with before. When you meet randos on the internet, you gotta, you gotta say these things aloud. But it's there. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm never going to be mad if someone's like, hey, we're not racist and we don't do rape. Exactly. I think a big <laughs> I think a big thing, and this is like why with the X card thing too, we've never had to use it, right? 
But if someone needed it, it should be there. I would hate to need it and not have it. I'd rather say it and never use it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's way bigger. And part of the reason I started doing this is because of a game master I really liked, um, who played on the internet with a lot of people that he was very comfortable with and close friends with. Like, role played out a scene that ended up making everyone really fucking uncomfortable and eventually quit the game and him never game mastering online anymore. And Are you he, talking about Adam, Adam Cobell? I am talking yeah. about Adam Cobell. And yeah. Not only, yeah. not only that, he's a big proponent of these things, but thought he was above them for some reason and never introduced them. He would talk about how important they are, but then never actually use them. So, And he said the same yeah. thing. He said, I wish I would have introduced it and not needed it rather than never mention it. And then there was a case where we should have had it. So... But the, yeah. the X card is a cool thing. Uh, does everybody see the little deck of cards in the bottom right of the map? It looks like uh, a black and white X. Yes. Can everybody yep. see that? So it's actually anonymous. You can go down there. You can click the, the big the card with an X and drag it out onto the table. Does everyone see the one I just I drug out? Mm-hmm. It's anonymous. Like it doesn't tell us who drugged the card out, right? So that's the fun, nice part. You don't have to feel bad about using it. But if we broach a subject that is making someone uncomfortable, triggering you, etc., you can always just draw an X card out. No questions asked. We will just close the book on that subject and move on. That's why it's there. So right before my character dies. <laughs> yeah, it's not to be abused, obviously. <laughs> But it's there as a safety guideline because sometimes role playing gets fucking weird and heavy and it just happens sometimes. And you never know what, you know, specifically people have been through or et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I like to, again, I like to play some dark and violent themes because I think it makes good stories. It makes like really effective stories, but we don't want to, we don't want to fuck anyone up. So. All right, now that that is all out of the way, that's like our big expectation setting thing. Um, we talked about the world a little bit. Um, a few other things about the world, just what we call core assumptions. You know, D&D worlds all have some pretty basic assumptions that are similar, like elves and orcs exist. I've already told you how that assumption is different in our world. Another assumption that I should probably mention, it's a pretty common one, dragons. There are no real, true dragons in this world. There are no intelligent, gold-hoarding dragons. There are worms and drakes. No one really uses the word dragon. They might, but in our world, they're beasts. They are gigantic, terrifying, animalistic. They're more like dinosaurs that can fly, right? Or swim. So that's one thing I think it's a lot different in our world than a lot of D&D worlds. Um, the technology level is very low for the most part. Most people are living a very medieval, dark age-esque life. Now, there are pockets of higher technology. One of them is Solaria, the city that we came up with last time. Solaria has a thing called the Sun Spire. Basically, they harness sun energy to give like a basic kind of form of electricity. They mostly use it to torture people <laughs> and burn them like ants in a... In a um, looking glass, what's the word I'm looking for? Magnifying glass. But they do have some like low level electricity stuff. But other than that, technology is pretty basic. People, you know, have to make all their own goods by hand. Um, things are expensive. 
et cetera, et cetera. We can, you know, if you have questions about the stuff in the future, as we explore the world, of course, we'll be happy to uh, answer them for you. Um, another thing that's different is, oh no, never mind. They do use GP and OSE, right? Gold point or gold pieces. Yeah. Some of these games use copper, but we just use gold. It's even though it's gold, one little coin is the tiniest piece of gold. And not very, you know, much money. Most people are super poor in this world. Uh, exploration level of the world. We talked about that a little bit. That's a pretty standard D&D assumption that there, not everything is explored. There are some roads. Some of the areas between the roads are unexplored or forgotten. New villages pop up. Old villages die and go away. Not every map is necessarily correct um, as things change. Uh, a part of the exploration level is the age of the world. This is a very, very old world. There have been, you know, untold amount of eras and ages that have gone and passed. Kingdoms have risen and fallen. History is completely forgotten over thousands of years. And that's a good thing for you guys because that means there are ruins. And in those ruins, there are ancient treasures and forgotten treasures. That's a big thing. Uh, magic is real. It's not well understood, except by those who devote their entire lives to studying it. Religion is a huge thing. There's kind of two basic schools of religion. We won't get into, into them too much, but there's the new gods and there's the old gods. And these gods are very real to the point of granting some of their higher level priests and clerics magical abilities. The old gods are a lot more like a Christian faith, and they really they worship the saints. It's a lot more like Catholicism. Um, the, the gods for that are the father, the mother, and the son. The son is kind of like the devil, but the father and the mother are the big gods there. Um, and they have saints, St. Argos, St. Veros. Some of you know this stuff, and it might come up. But much more common are the new gods, and much more popular, especially here in Tridia. And the fun part about the new gods is there are... There's a, f a few, like, base central gods. There's some notes in the lore section about this as well in the journal. Like, here's a little handout on the old gods. You can go look at this stuff later. The new gods, there's, like, four big ones. There is the sun dreamer. He falls asleep at the end of each night, and he dreams the sun into existence for that day. There's the night lantern, who holds the moon in his lantern. Um, and is very mysterious and creepy and associated with magic. The moon is associated with magic in this world. Uh, there is the dead keeper, your basic keeper of the world of the dead, land of the dead, the underworld. And then there is the wave mother, the ocean god. But the fun thing about these new gods is that's just the four main ones. There are hundreds of them. People come up with new gods and new cults. And if enough people worship them, they become real. So you can feel free to pick one of those for your character or make up a new god for your character that has their own weird lore. Generally, the lore is weird um, for the gods. But yeah, so that's the fun part. If you don't like one of the ones we have or don't want to try and learn a bunch of new lore, you can make up your own lore about your character's god and the cult they come from. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's the world. That's the what we call the core assumptions. I think we covered everything. Thanks for letting me talk at you for a few minutes. <laughs> it was very entertaining. Good. And now, informative. now let's do some uh, world building together. So you guys have a little piece of your own 
creativity in the world, and it will also give us fun things to explore on the adventure. Um, there's a few things. The way we usually do this, we go around. Everybody gets to add one thing to the map or the world. Things that you can add are you can add a settlement to the map. By the way, all the settlements that are on the map, like the little tokens, if you hover over them, they should give you just like a single sentence description. I believe that those tooltips should work for everyone. Do you, everybody see those? Like if you hover over a city on the map. Oh, yeah. It gives you like a little paragraph, like pop-up. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, so you can add a settlement to the world. We'll put a new token on the map, and you can come up with one interesting fact about that settlement that makes it unique. And settlement can be a lot of shit. It could be a huge city-state. It could be a village. It could be a church, a camp, whatever, whatever you're feeling. The other thing you can add to the world, a faction, a group of people with a common interest. There are quite a few of those. I made a little handout with some of our basic factions. You can read that later. Some of you have run into these in previous games. The really important ones for you to know are the merchant police. Uh, the main, like, there's really no, like, united police force other than the merchant police. Because basically anywhere there are merchants that are rich, they pay these people to guard their shit. Of course, the royalty have their own version of that, the King's Guard. And there's some other ones, too. There's, like, thieves' guilds. We talked about the junk traders a little bit. But you can make up a settlement, you can make up a faction. I would say you could make up a religion too, but you can do that anyway. For now, let's stick to settlements and factions. And mm. are, areas of the map I think we could focus on, because we kind of populated like the middle area of the country a lot. And of course, you can go anywhere you want, but it would be cool to... You guys can see my ruler... This whole like northwestern area of the country by Elmard. Our campaign will probably start in the capital, the royal city of Elmard, right here. So things around Elmard will probably come into play. Uh, this big forest is actually the next country over. Rinmar and the big forest is called the Runewood. You could add settlements to the Runewood if you wanted to. You could add settlements to this like dune desert place at the very bottom left of the map. There's not a lot down here yet and same thing with like the southeast corner there's not a lot kind of down in the southeastern area of the map there's like some jungles and mountains and rivers down there you could add something there too if you wanted i have a question about this world yes so um the ravens no longer um are used for communications like do why do people think that happened um what are the thoughts about that and is there anything that's happened to replace that well like i said runners and messengers just as a job have become a lot more common they still existed in some forms ravens weren't like the most trustworthy and they're super cowardly so you know unless it's one that you had really kind of built a rapport with, you probably wouldn't send like a, a very sensitive message. So, so messengers already existed, like your pony expresses your, your Greek runners, you know, et cetera. But that has become a huge industry now. So like mail is a big industry in of itself. And because roads are dangerous and because goods are shipped through the mail, people want to fucking rob the mailman. That's like a common thing. 
Um, so mailmen sometimes, uh, or, you know, they call them just messengers. They sometimes roll deep and, or fast or heavily armed. Sometimes not. So that's been a thing as far as like what happened and what people think. I don't really know. That's something maybe we can maybe talk about together. People could throw in ideas. Um, one thing I'll say is since the bone legion, um, and since like the arc war, uh, it's been 10 years, it's been a decade. And the Ark War, for those of you that know what that is, it's a war up, not in this country, but up in some northern countries, not that far away. And it's over now. It has ended. And no one really won. Everyone pretty much lost. A lot of things were fu- fucking destroyed. A lot of the portals were destroyed. Um, I guess Venka is kind of the winner, because they gained a little territory, but not much. You guys want to see the big, big map? Yeah. Here it is. We are down here in the very southeast corner of the map in Tridia. That's the country right here in Elmard where I'm pointing. That's where our campaign's starting. But we might go up into Rinmar because it's kind of dips down into here. But these northern, this big northern country, Venko, is fighting a war with some of the southern countries. It's over now. Things went very badly. The two the three countries are all at kind of an uneasy peace, but they're not actively fighting anymore. So how long since the events of the Bone Legion are we out? Ten years. Ten years from that? Okay. Uh-huh. And same thing, from like our Ark War campaign was happening around the same time as the Bone Legion. Okay. The Ark War probably ended, I don't know, five years ago, and the Bone Legion the last session was like ten years ago. In World. So the ravens have been gone for 10 years, essentially. The the crows and ravens have been dumb again for the past 10 years. Hmm. Yep. All right, I'm going to go back to this other map. So again, and I mean, don't be intimidated. There, there's a lot of cities on here. But like I was saying before, we have explored almost none of this. We just kind of made up the one-sentence descriptions of these places last time. Uh, and didn't explore almost any of them. So, I have an idea for a settlement, but it might exist or already. I'm not sure. Okay, cool. What's your idea? I feel like it's a good idea, so maybe it already does. Okay, so I was thinking about like maybe the dunes or somewhere where it's very windy. There could be like a sand blasting because it's the desert. So like maybe they make glass. Is there like a glass maker? Ooh, no, that is a cool idea. No, we don't have anything like that. I don't think. Cool. You want to pick? I'm so happy I remembered it because I thought of it when we very first started talking about playing again, and I just now remembered. I like that a lot. You have an idea for a place uh, on the map here? Oh, that duty area where you said maybe there wasn't a lot of stuff because maybe the winds would be good. Like down in here somewhere? Yeah. Maybe they harness the wind somehow to make the glass they provide to, I don't know, everyone. I like that. And, you know, like a, a big thing in this world is we give things a lot of times like very plain worded names like Junk Port or Ark City is a city made of giant boats. There is Sand Garden, but we could come up with a, feel like a cool name for this. It could be like, I don't know, the Wind Forge if they're using wind. Cool. Or like the Glass Forge or the Crystal Pits. I don't know. 
I think also probably there's um, people around there that are like artisan, you know, like that do like stained glass and stuff like that. So maybe there's also a little bit of a hippie vibe to some of the outer edges. Okay. Like obviously industrial glass. Yeah, it's Macanda. I was going to say Macanda. But there's like, you know, mostly it's like industrial glass or like big. But I also think that, you know, their specialization stuff would be neat. Yeah, I dig this a lot. Um, Is that what our interesting fact is? Like this is where most of the glass is made in the world? Yeah, and maybe the glass that made the Sunspire stuff is from there or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I dig that. Um, What are we going to name it? Do we like the Windforge? Or just Windforge? It's like a... I like that. I like Windforge. Yeah, and of course, everyone feel free to chime in and... and (laughs) And brainstorm here. Um, okay, so for our 150 character description, let's say, is it like a village, Julie, are you imagining? Or is it mi- like literally just an industrial site? Like the only people that live there are the people who who work there and then just like the, the merchants that come in and out kind of thing? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I would say that it's mostly an industrial, you know, like that's the whole point out there because it's probably mm-hmm. not super livable. Uh, it's windy and sandy and stuff. But there are people who to work out there they have to live out there so it sucks probably and but there's really no other choice or maybe they go and like they say like you would if you worked on a barge you know right your family was back in town but you maybe stayed for a certain amount of time and then maybe i I like that i like i like the idea that maybe some people live there permanently like the people who run it but i also like the idea that artisans would travel there for specific projects like you make a little pilgrimage to finish a very specific piece you know kind of thing with glass in it yeah and i also like to think that maybe there are like claims where people you know like like claim jumpers like if you had gemstones on your mountain you know where people maybe there's like certain areas people think that make for better glass and you know squabbles okay known for Uh, fine slash rare sands that make perfect glass. I put an industrial settlement populated by glassmakers and visiting merchants. I'm going to say glassmakers populated by glassmakers, visiting merchants and artisans. Known for the fine, rare sands that make perfect glass. Cool. Probably the people that have the better jobs don't live there, and the people that have the shitty jobs like have to live there because it's not worth it to drive or to go home unless you can afford it. Cool. I like that a lot. That's a fun one. I have an idea. Are, we, are you anything else for that one? No, that's it. What's what's your idea? Okay. Right here. I thought we could put something called the Titans of Rola. And it's like two impossibly huge statues. And it's like a religious pilgrimage point. And the uh, night lanterns go there because the night mother is supposed to usher in the blotting out of the sun and the end of the world. These Titans are supposed to do that. Um, But it's also like super ancient um 
so uh, some of that could be could be legend that people don't really know what they are exactly, but that's it's a pilgrimage point because that religion believes that. Okay, let's see. But they kind of guard this spot between the mountains, so there's they're like two big titans, like humongous things. Their spears are crossed. So in the middle, I'm just reading, rereading the Night Lantern lore that we do have here. Um, one thing I notice is sacrifices are a big thing, or like um, offerings. They do offerings of blood, wine, and silver on full moons. Sometimes thrown into a fire, sometimes into the sea, depending on the desired effect. Another common practice is staying up all night during each new moon to like guard people from nights that don't have a visible moon. Um, I like the idea that, yeah, they travel there to make like ultimate offerings, like pour treasure into the, the hands of these statues from up on top of some cliffs above them kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. If they're really old and in the desert, maybe some people think that they are like actually a huge arch originally or something underneath. Like there's more to it below, but as time has gone on, sand has buried them up to their, you know, whatever. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, another piece of lore, especially specifically in the Runewood, like north of here, northwest of here, um, and also way west of here on the big map. There used to be a like a society of people that used basically stone golems or like walking statue like creatures called Erd. Yeah, Erd herd. That's right, the Erd herd, and a lot of uh, basically the Erd were also like a cursed people. They were created um, by capturing human souls on full moons and blah blah blah. And through a lot of work, one of the other campaigns we played, they turned all of the Erd back into children. So Erd don't really exist anymore, but there might be rumors that these are remnants of that, like leftover Erd. And that's also how a lot of people get their magic. You know, in this world, if you have magic power, this is a little lore piece, only certain people can do magic. Not everyone can learn it. You have to have been born during a certain moon phase, usually a full moon or a new moon, or you are a descendant of an Erd that was turned back into a child. And when that child grew up, they had kids and their kids had kids and blah, blah, blah. That's called Erdborn. Those are the only two types of people that are capable of magic. So I feel like that has a lot to do because the Night Lantern's portfolio is all about the magic. Like magic worshiping priests, kind of. There's a lot There's a lot that could go into this, is all I'm saying. We don't have to make any decisions on that now. I'm trying to find the right map token to put out. Do I have like a big statue token? I have, here I have this, like between these two mountains, Andy, like this mountain pass is what you're talking about. Sweet. Yep. And what is it called? The Titans of what? I said Ro uh, apostrophe La, L-U-H, like Ro La. Cool. I dig that. And what should we put for the tooltip? Um, a pilgrimage site. For, yeah, that's a sacred place for the for worshippers night of the night yeah. lantern. Um, sacrifices and offerings are made 
hopes of permanent night slash full moon. Hell yeah. Probably also just something people say if you're traveling this way. Like, you'll know you're close when you see the guardians. Ah, true. Like, they're almost like a gateway. Especially if you're going to, like, the eastern areas, like Tivel and other places over here. Because if you look just north of there, like, this is a big, like, cliff ridge. So maybe not the easiest thing to, like, just travel from Belsur down to here. You know what I mean? You gotta, like, go around through the desert kind of deal. Like this. To get over here. That's, like, the easy path. And that's still not very easy. Yeah, and I would think the pilgrims were dangerous, too. So people do go around. But they taught you that's a thing. Like, well, you can go through... The Titans, but, you know, you got to deal with those, you know, Night Lantern nuts. Yeah, I mean, and I think each sect of the Night Lantern, they vary a lot. It's super common religion. Most mages probably worship the Night Lantern. Just people who are trying to travel safely at night ask for those blessings. One of the things about the old or the new gods, too, is most people don't just worship one. You know, you use each god's little thing for when you need it, right? So you're going to go on a ship, you pray to the Wave Mother. you got to travel at night. You ask the Night Lantern for a full moon. Um, but I like the idea that when worshipers get there, they get a little fucking crazy and they get a little hardcore with the sacrifices and stuff. Something you don't necessarily want to get caught up in. Cool. Anybody else got ideas? Got places on the map you'd like to see filled out more? I got a place. Um, I, I was looking at this little these little cracks mm. over here and i i was thinking of like maybe there's like some kind of huge fault line or fracture in the earth there that um there's been like rumors of like you know it's treasure hidden deep down in the caves underneath this like little crack in the earth and so there's like this community of like people will go there and like kind of set up camp and try to, you know, find whatever it is they believe is in that big hole in the ground. Ooh, I like that. It's like a popular dungeon delving site, even though it's really dangerous. Yeah, like it's super dangerous. It's just like this really like, you know how like when people go caving and they're like squeezing through like little, little cracks. Ooh, I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that kind of place where like when you have to, you have to go down, you have to like, you know, and maybe it's one of the it's the kind of place that like, you know, it's so unstable that it's always changing. So each person that goes down, it's like a brand new. There's no like there's no guides. There's, you know, no one. Most people who go down don't come back up. Sure. I'm sure there are people who claim they are guides to outsiders, but. You, it, oh, yeah. You can never know, you know. Yeah. Cool. I like that. But yeah. Like, it's always. Yeah. It's always like something, you know, the the earth is always shifting underneath. I like that a lot. You have an idea for a name, maybe? I was maybe just thinking, calling it like the fracture or something, you know, something super. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Yeah, something like that, maybe. Um, or like the Craglands. I like fracture. I like like just fracture, like fracture. Fracture. Yeah. Yeah. I would say an asshole could definitely um, tell someone they're a guide and just lead them there to die. Like cave of oh, one. Oh yeah, die. totally. 
Oh yeah, still, you know, you you start squeezing down through a little like hole, and you know your guy is behind you. You get stuck. He takes all the shit he wants out of your bag, goes back up. <laughs> I I do like the idea too that like a small settlement has kind of like been built around the top because people so often are coming here. There's like a small yeah. industry on like selling goods and like a tourist, like a tourist industry. Yeah, it makes me think of like. <laughs> Like the mountaineering industry, you know, like this, like Tibetan Sherpas and shit for people that go to, yeah. to Everest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of place. Okay, so a small encampment that has sprung up at the entrance to a an area of ever-shifting crags and fractured earth. Where it is said, riches can be found below. Lots of places to like uh, say your last rites and sell you like to be religious. Like, oh, if you're going to go in there, you're probably going to die. So it's mostly funerals. Oh, yeah. I imagine also probably like maybe, you know, might be one of those places that's so storied. Maybe like criminals who are sentenced to death. Ooh. You know, might they, they they get sent down there, and if they, you know, they're told like if you come back with like treasure, we'll pardon you. Ooh, that's fucking but cool. It's really yeah, but it's really just a way to just fucking get rid of them. That makes me think of the original Rescuers book slash cartoon. If anyone's ever seen it, they like force a fucking kidnapped little girl to go into a super dangerous sea cave because she's the only one that can fit in there and they're like we'll let you go or like we'll give you your teddy bear back if you can bring all the fucking diamonds back holy shit that's awful yeah it's dark it's really good but yeah that kind of yeah that kind of stuff (laughs) just like yeah sending you know the fucking dregs of society down there just to either get rid of them or maybe they can finally do something good sick i like that we named our dog after that movie who, Otis? Well, no, Bernard. Bernard. Oh, after, oh, should have known that. Yeah. I love the way that she says it too. Bernard. Yeah, with her French accent. <laughs> uh, both the rescuers and the rescuers down under are fire. They're so good. I love them. And the books are great too. Plus, isn't Ava Gabor that, that voice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Bob Newhart is Bernard. I didn't fucking know that. That makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. Man, I want to watch the fuck. It's good. The Rescuers. My favorite is that their boat is just a leaf propelled by a dragonfly named Even Rude. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anybody else have ideas? I think Becky and Scott, you guys still haven't gone yet. I was trying to think of a faction. Ooh. Um, and I was thinking about, but I was trying to read the the existing ones. Um, but I was thinking about some sort of like fishing group that like fishes the rivers. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. What makes them interesting or different from other groups of fishermen? Well, that's a good question. Maybe they're going for a very specific kind of magic fish or like they're not fishing for fish at all. Or they have some sort of weird religion around their fishing. It could be a lot of cool things. Like what unites them as a group of fishermen? 
apart from other fishing groups? Um, I think I was thinking that they would also be like looters, kind of almost like a cross between fishermen and pirates. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, but instead almost. of being on the sea, they would be like on the river. Oh. And, oh like, maybe little... sometimes people like will lose like precious items in the river and they have to you have to ask them to fish it up because they're the only people who know how, but they charge you like they fucking extort you for it. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> well, I also like the idea that they're fishermen and pirates, they like maybe do some Robin Hood type shit. Like they'll sell fish to like poor villages for like a really good price. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah kind of deal like they work with those kind of communities but then when it comes to like the big cities and stuff like that they're just basically like fuck you like double price we have the best fish or like we have treasure like if you want it you gotta pay it extra what were you gonna name them something back yeah you got a name idea uh i don't know i I hadn't quite decided if they were good or bad because I was the only thing that I thought of was like river rats, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, hmm. That makes me think of the bar in Murfreesboro. <laughs> the river rats. Is that what it is? It's it, called river rats. Yeah, river rats. It, it, it even says like a dive bar on the sign, which is hilarious. Self, <laughs> self-proclaimed dive bar. What if they're called the rat fishers? There we go. Or worm drowners. The worm drowners. The worm drowners. Yeah, the fishermen will have a fisherman pun for us. I like rat fishers because it makes me think they're like also scavenging the rivers along with fishing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a rat. So a, let's say a company of Master commercial fishermen who are known for being less than lawful, dabbling in piracy, scavenging, and Robin Hood-like behavior. That's cool. I like that a lot. Hell yeah. Okay, I saved it to our faction list. Also, I'm having everybody do one right now, but in between sessions, everyone can come up with one more. Like if you did a settlement, you can come up with a faction. Or if you want to do a second settlement, that's fine. But vice versa, like it's always good to have like a little thing to think to gestate on between sessions, so... So, Becky, if you come up with a settlement for next time or, like, you want to put it in the text chat later this week, you can do that. And vice versa for people who have made settlements. Think of a faction, maybe. Cool. Uh, Scott, you have any ideas, my friend? I know you're, you're brain fried right now. Yeah, my brain's pretty fried. But uh, I got two ideas, but they're just kind of vague right now. And I'm trying to figure out how exactly they would work. But... The Azrin Sea, is it salt water? It is. I take it. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, it's very, like, tropically in this area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So just to like kind of make the world a little more uh, uh, worse for people, I was thinking <laughs> that uh, kind of near the sea, there would be some sort of, well, I had multiple, multiple ideas going. One uh, was like um, a slave market. Um, but basically what they do is they take the salt water and they flood fields. Um, Ooh. and then as it dries up, they basically have like these slaves, uh, take the salt. So it's basically like a, a salt field. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, I dig that a lot. Um, but I was thinking something maybe like that, but it'd have to be closer to the sea, so I wasn't really sure on where exactly it would be. You could even located. put it on... There is this... I mean, there's quite a few places it could go, to be honest. Like, anywhere on the coastline, of course. But also this one island right here, I've always been interested in this. It's right on... Not only is it on a ley line, it's on a ship trade route. And it's pretty big and, like, unmarked so far. That could be a good spot for something like that. That could be interesting yeah. too, because it could be like a slave colony. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that's that's fine. I also was uh, thinking about like, what are the structures made out of in this these cities and stuff? Uh, I think it's somewhat. Depends. So Solaria's big thing, like we were saying, is it has like some crude electricity type thing. And mm -hmm. the uh, Sunspire, like the big tower that collects it, is like a massive clear glass-like obelisk of sorts. Uh, and then Belsur, the city down here, is known for pyramids, so probably like sandstone block for a lot of that. Okay, because that was the other thought that I was having. Like, maybe there's, like, a specific, like, redstone quarry. I was thinking, like, calling it, like, White Carnelia or something like that. That's basically going along the same line of, like, slave markets. <laughs> where they're just <laughs> having them, like, dig this fucking stone up until, like, they're bought or sold for other purposes. So I dig that, too, because that does tie in with one of our factions there is the vigmoran company um some people call them the vigmoran sand builders they are basically a construction company but they run off of huge amounts of slavery um and are very slave trade involved basically they can build stuff like pyramids and huge you know royal structures uh easily so i feel like those two things could tie in nicely fuck it let's do both <laughs> I had a selfish one too. <laughs> yeah, selfish one? What, like a lizard yeah. man community? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can definitely add that in. I I wanted to put like sacred spawning pools somewhere specifically that's like dedicated to a version of the Sun Dreamer. Uh like the the aspects just uh of, of basically worshiping the, the sun and like the, the divination. Um but not so much concerned with like gold. Sure, okay. Any... Um, let's do. Hold on, let me find some icons here. You're giving me you're giving me too many options. Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's good. This is like we want to fill out the map. Um, Can we just have some lizard questions? A moment of lizard talk. Sure, <laughs> of course. 
Uh, is this common? Is there a lot of lizards? You know, up north, it's the answer is no. But it could be here. It's more common. One thing we've established, if you remember before, is that there's this place called Skink Ranch right here. That's what I was going to ask about. Um, and it's not necessarily lizard folk at Skink Ranch, but horses are a lot less common and they're just not great for the desert. So riding massive lizards, they call skinks, is like more common, like saddle skinks. Um, yeah. So I don't see why lizard folk couldn't be more common here than up north as well. And like a little more integrated into human society. I don't know, Scott, what do you think? I feel like maybe lizard folk don't love interacting with human, but like maybe do it out of necessity sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I pictured them, but being more like uh, aloof or 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 I let me let me let me phrase it like this: If as an outsider looking into a lizardman society, maybe they just think that they're like like dumb, but they're not. They're just like they have different priorities, you know? Yeah, definitely. So that. That being said, they don't like, they only, like you said, only interact with them mainly out of like necessity if they need something or have like a quest that they're going on or something like that. So I think, is that offensive if someone's riding lizards or is that just like not the same? No, I feel like the lizard folk probably also farm skinks, but maybe have a more symbiotic relationship rather than like a domesticating them relationship. Well, we build a ride, Scott. Right, and if I was just thinking, I'm you guys can't ride me. <laughs> Even though my character, I was picturing them more like skink-like, and I didn't see the skink ranch. So yeah, no, no riding my character. <laughs> Spend uh, my last fifteen gold on a saddle. <laughs> yeah, I just wondered if that was like something that you found despicable, or you know that would be like that's awful that they do that, or if it's more like no, they're rideable for sure. And also, like, if we called you a dragon, would that be offensive or cool? I think that'd probably be cool, if not just, like, it'd be indifferent, I think. See, I like that, because to me, like, we were talking about how dragons don't really exist. And right. the, the kind of dragon-like creatures that do exist, people probably call them wyverns or drakes or worms. Um, I like the idea that the term dragon is more closely associated with lizard people than anything in this world. That's cool. Those are all the lizard questions I have. Also, great place to be if you're a lizard. Very hot. Also, this has concluded your lizard hour for this session. <laughs> lizard, lizard corner. Um, Reached lizard quota. Uh, I'm filling out some of these locations here. So, a colony of slaves that work uh, in island-based fields to flood, evaporate, and harvest salt. Their slave trading. What would you call them? Salt flats? I called it the salt colonies. I kind of like that because it's like a slave colony. I feel like this whole string of islands could be like little versions of that. And like, you're sentenced to three years exile in the salt colonies, or hard labor in the salt colonies, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You could either be there as a prisoner or as a slave. Depending. Everybody cool with that? Sound cool? I love it. Yeah. 
where are we thinking of putting the Carnelian Quarry? Closer to uh, Belser. Okay, like... So probably in the south, maybe near that range. But yeah, maybe, yeah, where are you paying? Like, maybe, like, right here or something. Cool. I like the idea that because there's this cliff that runs here, it could be, like, kind of along those cliffs, you know? Like, they're carving out cliff surfaces. Yeah. Uh, let's see what kind of marker I got. We'll use the diamond again. I like that for a... And you call it the white carnelian? I kind of, kind of like that. Yeah. You can change it to whatever, but that's just kind of what I was... What if people Bacon. call it white carnelia or just carnelia for short? Yeah, carnelia is fine. Make it sound pleasant, but it's a horrible place. <laughs> um, a massive sandstone quarry used by the pyramid builders in Belser and considered to be hell on earth. For slaves. Simple enough. And what about spawning pools? Where would you see that? There is this I was, nice eastern jungle. Yeah, I was actually looking around here, but if it wants to be a little bit more enclosed, like in a more oasis-y type area, I think that that would be fine. Either like over here or like here. I kind of like that. It's just not so far in the corner of the map. There's more of a chance of visiting it, I think, here, you know? Cool. Good ones. I wish I had it. And I'll, I'll try to figure out more stuff with the uh, the religion, specifically. Yeah. Because I think that my character, I was that's kind of what I was going for, was them to worship the Sun Dreamer, but like a totem like version or maybe like a, a lesser aspect of that god yeah i like that they have their own weird different version especially because the human version seems really perverse since it's just all about gold and building gold shit <laughs> it's like become about riches and it's like the rich person's religion kind of but came from somewhere probably more primal and basic because it is about the sun i think i really like about the sun dreamer religion is the idea that like the sun isn't like something this god purposefully does. He just falls asleep and dreams about the sun and makes it real every day. It's like a weird nocturnal god. And we just get like the byproduct of his sleep that keeps us alive. Ooh. What should you... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what should we call the spawning pool area? And is this like the capital of lizard men culture around here, would you say? Uh, sure. I was thinking more of it just being like a... Or like the... A, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say like the religious capital because of the, the religious implications. Yeah, I think that's that would be, that'd be fine. Maybe uh, lizard men come here... Uh, I don't know what the the calendar is is like in this game, but maybe there's like specific like pilgrimages you have to make to the sacred spawning pools. Nice. Anybody have ideas for a name for this? Uh, when trout uh, spawn, they call it a red, which is kind of a neat thing. A red. Ooh. The red. 
Need the red. The red pools. There you go. Or also, another word for red, you know. The sanguine pools. Beds Crimson. are also a term. Beds and reds. Red beds. <laughs> red bed red redemption. <laughs> <laughs> What if we gave it a more sinister name since it's lizard? Base. I think the Red Bulls is kind of neat, honestly. What if it was Sanguinoct? Ooh. That's scary. <laughs> I think that's fine. I kind of like it. It sounds lizard manny to me. So I'm going to say a religious site for lizard folk to, um, to visit and spawn at during seasonal pilgrimages. To visit and spawn at during seasonal pilgrimages to the sun god, to the sun dreamer. People could be like, the sun dreamer is restless when things are bad. Mm. Like he's not getting good sleep, so they're getting bad sun. For sure. I have a faction. Do you want it? Let me put it in the chat for next week. Uh, we can do it now if you have it ready to go. Hold on, let me finish typing this in. Okay, cool. What's your faction idea? Well, it's kind of a faction and a location, but it's called the Council of Elders at Hargrave University. Okay. I was going to name it the Hargrave University Alumni Association, but it didn't quite have the same name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what these guys do is they make sure uh, they are associated with the Night Lanterns and they make sure the right people are using magic appropriately, especially graduates of their university. Um, so if you're doing forbidden magic uh, they would be the ones who would um, put a stop to it especially if you were associated with the university because they want to protect their good name what's the name of the group again council of elders at hargrave university dot com Sounds like a bunch of narcs. You know what? I am actually... I went to Hargrave University, so that's really offensive. <laughs> I don't know where it would be. Maybe... Uh, one of the, like, the second cities. It probably wouldn't be in the main city, but one of the second cities.
Sarkan. Sarkan would be a good place for it. Yeah, there's a lot of narcs there. How dare you? Alright, let's see. Council of Ruling Elders from the Mage School, Hargrave University. And what city were you thinking of, Andy? What'd you say? What city were you thinking uh, the university was in again? I would say one of the second cities. Like I don't think it'd be in Solaria, but I think like Sarkhan maybe or um... it could be Arkport. Arkport's interesting. First of all, the the word Ark in this game is usually short for Arcanist um, or someone who does magic. But if you look at the description, it's a city built in the ancient ruins of an older, larger, half-sunken city. Ancient architecture protrudes from the water like cypress knees. I like the idea that one of the few structures that survives above the water is just like an ancient university jutting out like of the ocean, like hundreds of feet off the coast. Totally. I love that. Like it would definitely be like uh, in a storied ancient place because that's where the magic people would go. So Council of Ruling Elders from the Mage School, Hargrave University and Arkport that oversee and audit users of magic who have learned and graduated from their establishment. Does that sound right? Sounds perfect. Who, let's see, maybe oversee and police might be a better word. Users of yeah, if you were if you're like summoning demons or something mm -hmm. that was harmful to the general public, they would be like. See, I like this idea too because we have established the Order of Sahir, which is the most powerful mage order or popular one in Tridia because they basically have gotten in tight with a lot of CD people who want to use the magic for power and they don't give a fuck. They just do, they use magic for whatever benefits them. You know what I mean? There's no like order to it, but also I think. Their school of magic and their methods of learning magic are new and strange and not so orderly and uh, historical like the Hargrave kind of school of magic is. I like the idea there's like kind of competing traditions for magic. Yeah, probably the focus is, might even be different in the two. They're going to do more uh, warlike spells. And it, you know, Hargrave would be more practical spells in a lot of cases, but they would study the other stuff, but that wouldn't, you know, they're trying to produce students who are going out and making the world a better place through magic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Sahir is all about, like, quick shortcuts, almost like magic science, like just trying to find substances and mixtures that are quickly and easily reproducible for effects that can make them money, you know? Yeah, definitely. Portal building, I think, is a big focus. But mainly for the use of, like... Well, the Order of Sahir is in control of the Endless Staircase, for instance. And they use it to smuggle a lot of illicit drugs. They're in bed with a lot of factions. So, by the way, there are two illegal drugs in this world. The first is Stone Lotus or um, Aetherstone Powder. It's the same thing, just different names. 
There's a magic rock called Aetherstone. It's like a big glowy purple crystal. It contains magical power. It's used to make magic items, but you can also crush it and snort it. It's illegal, basically because a lot of people in power want it for magical items and so forth. It powers the portals, for instance. And then the other drug is corpse powder. Because in this world, ghouls are born from these evil trees. These ghoul trees. There's another name for them. I can't remember what it was. Is a black oleander tree. That's it. And they have these... Every time a ghoul is born from one of these evil trees, a white flower blooms. And if you crush it up and snort it, it gets you fucked up. But basically, by making it, you're also making rampant, hungry undead that run around. So, frowned upon by the government. And there are people who harvest it and farm it in secret locations. Cool, I feel like we added a good number, a little number of locations there. The one place, I'll, I'll probably come up with one. I'm doing all the typing, so it's not as easy for me to think one up off the top of my head, but... I want to add some up here, in like these areas, Hilk River Hills and west of Elmard. These hills here could use something. But if you only came up with one, feel free to come up with something else for next session or a faction. Rather, between sessions, you can put it in chat and I'll add it to our list. But yeah, we got our little faction list going, we got our locations going. That's a pretty dang good start. Um, what time is it? 9.30? We got a little time. You guys want to take a, a five, and then we'll talk about your characters and maybe your party, and then we'll be done? Hell yeah. Yeah, Let's do it. sounds good. Cool. See you guys in a few.